Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From AccuWeather, this is everything under the sun. Real news and real stories covering topics from the worlds of science, sports, and space. It's all the information you need to weatherproof your life. And now here's the host of Everything Under the Sun, AccuWeather meteorologist Dean DeVore. Friends, welcome in. As we've turned the calendar to spring officially, we've also turned to the 10th episode of our series here in 2023 of Everything Under the Sun. We are glad that you are with us. Perennial favorites of spring, gardening, and baseball. Gardening is in our first race of focus, and we'll follow up with some baseball talk with our friend Tom Ackerman. Friends, sit back and relax. This is Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. If you've been listening to this podcast for the last few years, you know that gardening is a big part of my life. And certainly since the pandemic, I think even more and more people have gotten back into gardening, maybe after a little bit of a break. And certainly with the weather challenges we've been having here over this early spring so far, we've got some things to talk about with Doug Oster. He's a friend of ours. He's been on this program a few times. Doug works at KDKA, 100.1 FM, AM 1020, News Radio KDKA in the Pittsburgh area. And he hosts a gardening show, The Organic Gardener, every Sunday morning at 7 a.m. His motto is, if he's got to be up, you should be up to talk gardening with him. And we love to talk gardening with Doug Oster. And we welcome him in to Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. Doug, it's great to have you back on Everything Under the Sun as we are going to be challenged here over the next several weeks, especially east of the Mississippi where we had such a warm winter. Um, I think going into things, uh, there was estimates that some places in the eastern part of the country were three, four, five weeks above historical averages for that first leaf out, the first blooms. I know um, my daffodils, they were trying to bloom Saturday before the real cold snap came here into Pennsylvania on Sunday. And so I had to snip a few of those first daffodils off to get them at least looking decent enough to uh, to get some flowers from them. Um, crocuses are going in my house. Uh, everything's really pushing in. And we've seen that here. And, and we've been talking about it at AccuWeather, Doug, where folks are going to have to be patient because there are, with all that early season warm up, there are opportunities. And we've seen one in this last week or so, some really cold air dipping down in from Canada with some well, I think for normalcy, <laughs> these would be normal frost times. But with as accelerated as everything has been, it seems like these feel like now late season frost, even though they're right in line. And we still have the possibility of some late season frost here as we go later on this month, early part of April. So challenging times to be a gardener and just kind of keeping it all in perspective, right? And very weird. Um, This is the soonest uh, some of my daffodils ever bloomed. I've got like a, a little hell strip between the house and the sidewalk that I inherited these daffodils there. They're usually the first to bloom because they're right next to the house. Right. But some early varieties down in the garden, I've never seen them bloom this early. And with strange winter, you know, 
Uh, my son bought me a snowblower. <laughs> that, never, was the, that was the never, kiss of death, right? Never, <laughs> had, never, had right. never, never had to use it. I started it up once to be sure it ran. Very strange. And yes, don't get lulled into a sense of false security with warm temperatures because we still have to look at like our traditional dates to do planting. Right. For me, regardless of what's happening on St. Patrick's Day, I'm putting my peas in. You know, that could mean some years putting them in peat pots first because there's snow on the ground. This year it happened that I could get them into some soil but it's going to it's going to get cold. We're going to have frost all the way through May here in the east. And you got to play it safe when you're planting. That's what that's what I always say, play it safe. I see people all the time put stuff out too early or put the wrong things out too early and then they get burned, but there's the other side of the coin. They sometimes get lucky. Probably 10 years ago as we we really started to see these these changes in in the weather, I remember that one of the big organizations here in Pittsburgh put their plants out like five days before you normally would in, mm-hmm. in May and ended up losing $60,000 worth of annuals uh, because because it, they had them out too soon and they yeah. just died because of, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah they, they, they all frosted and, and yeah, for, for all this long period of time where we saw these, this change in the weather, uh, you know, well, let's just get them in a little earlier. We, you know, it it works, but then mother nature, you know, mother nature's in charge. You know, (laughs) I was wondering from your point of view, what this winter meant to you as far as thinking about your garden. Yeah. Um, it, it, it allowed me some time to really kind of continuation of cleaning stuff up, going in and kind of looking at where I knew the the perennials would be coming back up quickly and, you know, getting those areas cleaned out of junk because sometimes, you know, you can get all kinds of junk around that can kind of uh, not not allow your, your stuff to grow up well. So it allowed me time to do that. Uh, it gave me some time to kind of look and plan because you can see, I mean, we could see back in February, the, 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 the stuff pushing already. And so, oh, you know, there's a place I need to fill in a little bit next fall when, you know, and, and kind of kept notes so that there was a kind of a coolness to that. Uh, I guess maybe for me, it was still a lot of uh, uncertainty and a little fear. It's like, oh, all these good things are happening, but I may have problems again with my hydrangeas, you know, cause that seems like one class of things right now that I think we'll get uh, some early buds and maybe even some flowers. And then we still could have a, a late season frost. So that could be one. And um, some of the other things, uh, but then also to what you just said, it, it, it just resisting the temptation to put stuff in way too early. I mean, where I live, my local gardening friends that have their own greenhouses and stuff, they still swear by Memorial Day. Not put anything really in the ground annual wise until at least Memorial Day. And that seems when it's so warm so early, a long way away here at the end of March, Doug. Well, that's the that's the tradition. You know, that's what my mother always said, Memorial Day. And that was back in Ohio, zone five in the nineteen seventies. Things have changed. I do go with that Memorial Day for the main crop of like really warm plants like peppers and and an, another crop of tomatoes. I like that Memorial Day planting, but I do take chances, but not with my whole crop. I will get tender crops out there early, but only a couple. And again, just kind of crossing my fingers. If they don't make it, I don't care. 
But if they do make it, you know, that gives me tomatoes or whatever it might be a little bit earlier. But again, I'm not risking everything. And that's what I see gardeners do. They're, they're risking everything by planting on the same day. And I, mm. understand, I, under, I understand that you want to get it all done. For convenience, and, people do want to do that a lot of times. I get that. But you're right. I, I've had a lot more success with staggered planting on some things, like especially gladiolas. It, it, it not only creates a situation where you lose less, I think, but also creates a longer time where those are blooming in their time, right? Uh, so that helps a little bit as well. And in the case of like tomatoes, you know, tomatoes want an Italian summer, not an East Coast spring. And so we we are throwing some tomatoes in early, again, attempting to get the first tomato on the block. Hey, I'm the garden guy. I got to have the first tomatoes. But I'm I'm what we're doing, succession planting or staggering the plantings. And so that I'm planting my last crop of tomatoes in July, the first part of July. And I, gardeners, that seems crazy, but you can't put a tomato in that's going to take 100 days, but you right. can put a tomato in that, that is ready in 47 days, and it will not have any kind of the fungal issues that we get with that early planting because they're in warm soil, they're in warm air temperatures, and they catch up. And again, put an early girl in, a cherry tomato, red racer, 4th of July, one of these quick ones, and you'll be much more successful when you stagger those plantings, as you said. When you plant on the same day, you're just assuming that pests, diseases, and weather are going to be on your side. If you've gardened longer than a day, you know that's never true. <laughs> those three things yeah. are always, always something you fight. And so Mix it up a little bit. You know, I don't care what you're planting. You know, I've just started putting pansies out. Pansies love cool weather in particular. They do. But I'm not putting everything out. I'm, no. I'm going to go another week, two weeks. I'll put some more in the containers. You know, I'm just telling you, when you do that, you're going to be much more successful. It's, it just makes sense. How much should I be watering right now, Doug? That's another thing, too, because watering is still difficult at this time for some of my stuff because, you know, normally... In the heart of the season, I have my hoses and everything out, but I'm a little concerned about that too. I don't, you know, certainly haven't had really hard freezes. Uh, we just got one the last couple of mornings. It got down into the 20s here in State College, but th this is difficult. I, I don't want to be lugging water all over the place, but I've, I'm almost feeling like some of the things like my hydrangeas and those kinds of things would benefit from some water right now. Seems like we've been generally dry. And I think with this explosive early growth, everything's sucking up the water that's growing, all those bulbs and stuff. They're they're taking out the water there at that at that first level of the of the ground. Is that is that my right thinking that maybe I should be looking at maybe doing a little watering as best I can this time of year? Probably. Uh but it's not as critical as to when we get later in the season. Now, if you're like me, you got to go down in the basement. You got to turn all the things on. You got to come back up and turn it on. You got to drag the hose a half yeah. mile out to the garden. You got to do, you know, because I've yeah. got, I've got cold frames out there with vegetables in there. And when that cold frame's closed, it's it's like a it's a, a greenhouse basically. Right. So the stuff needs water. But you got to remember, <laughs> turn everything off again. And when you get to my age, you need a reminder. You got to yes, put it on your phone because I need that little thing on my phone. That reminds Otherwise, you're going to have burst copper pipes in April and you're going to pay the plumber $250 to, to fix your uh, ridiculous mistake. Yeah. Just, uh, yeah, you're going to make, if you really do that, you may, you know, drain it and turn it off and, and get it, get it out of there. But uh, what, a we'll to, what a pain. Yeah, it, it would be. Um, anything else right now? I look, this is also the good time where we can start our seeds. 
I mean, well, that is that's a good thing, right? Definitely. Uh, indoor seed starting. There's a bunch of reasons we do it. First off, cheapskates like me save money. Secondly, you get a unique variety that you can't get anywhere else. Yeah, our nurseries do a great job, especially nowadays, of putting all sorts of cool stuff in, in there, but they can't grow everything. And no. sometimes you fall in love with something or you, you want to grow something completely different. And that's what seed starting does. And then thirdly, there is some something about the satisfaction you get out of starting a seed and seeing it come to fruition. I I love it. And of course, whenever anybody comes to the garden and you point to something, you, you have to always say, of course, I started it from seed. The number one thing that people need to know is you need a, a bright light source. Anybody can get a seed to sprout inside. And I get these calls all the time, Sunday morning radio show. My seed came up and it got kind of tall and spindly and it just fell over. I must have a brown thumb. No, you don't have enough light yet on the windowsill in most cases. If you had a big giant window, south facing, maybe. But get some LED lights that are cheap. They're cheap to run and they're bright and you will get nice stocky plants. The rest of it is easy. You know, you're right. getting planting mix, you're... You're getting it moist. You're putting seed in. You're covering it with plastic. It sprouts. You get the plastic off. You put it under the light. Now you're good to go. And one other thing for outdoor planting, like we're like for me, my peas and St. Patrick's Day onion, right. lettuce, pansies, all this cool weather stuff. If you're going to be in the garden, be sure the, the soil is dried out enough to work, meaning that if it sticks to the shovel, it's too wet. Don't dig it. Don't dig in there because you're going to ruin your soil mm. structure. If you want, if you want to plant, go get a bag of compost, throw it down over that bed. Now you've got instant soil, instant garden where you can plant some of this cool weather stuff without disturbing the soil. That's really important. I, I hate to see people get in too early, and if you if you dig too early and it's wet and clay, that dries to like a cement brick, and it's going to bother you all season long. So. Those two things, starting from seed and then making sure your soil is ready to work, will go a long way to having a good garden this year. We're talking with Doug Oster. He is the host of the Organic Gardening Show on KDKA Radio. Our great partner has been on in Pittsburgh. Um, just finished, and I was down last week at the very end of the Pittsburgh Home and Garden Show. Great time for that. What did you, when you were at the Home and Garden Show in the last week or so, I felt, I feel like there's 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 a lot of excitement, this growing excitement about green thumbing it and gardening that we kind of built over the pandemic is still sustaining. And a lot of that, Doug, is when I go to the, the, the gardening store and I look at some of these prices... Uh, and when I'm going to my uh, places where I go online and looking at the prices that they're charging me for these plants they are going to send me from overseas, everything is up 20, 30, 40 percent in prices. So that's got to be a little disconcerting and, and, and leads, I think, to more need for these kinds of tips for people to hear because you don't want to go out, spend a lot of money and have it not do well. Well, it's interesting. I've talked to a lot of nurseries. I've looked at a lot of trends. covid was the biggest spike we'd ever seen in gardening. And usually in spikes, you start to see it decline. We are not. We're kind of seeing it level off, but gas prices, shipping, all these things, they change. And so when I'm looking at buying plants, I'm always looking at buying smaller plants, uh, smaller trees, smaller shrubs. I know you want instant gratification, but smaller actually, they catch on better. And once they get going, you'll never know the difference. You're saving money. You know, again, we talked about starting from seed. There's so many things you could start from seed if you're patient. You know, instant gratification 
means you're going to have to spend a lot of money on a plant and always, always think right plant for the right place because you don't want to spend all that money. Put something in and five years later, and I see this every day and it drives me nuts. Five years later, there's nothing you can do. It's too big. You can't move it. And now it's over the window or whatever, wherever it's, it's over the house and it has to be removed. And, you know, there could be a $200 tree that now has grown into a, a tree that would be worth $5,000, you know, in all the things that it does to help you with shade and right. being, and, and that. So smart shopping uh, is my thing. <laughs> smart shopping. And then, and also taking advantage of expertise like you and others have. Don't be afraid to ask, you know, those that do this for a living and, and want to share their knowledge, they're not doing it because nobody's forcing them to. They're doing it because they want to. And we certainly are so happy that you do that with us every once in a while, share your knowledge here on everything. Now, also, also, pick the brain of those people that work at the nursery because yes. I, pick, I pick their brain. Even though my whole life is revolves around gardening, when you have somebody that works with plants, specific plants every day, they know the ins and outs of what is tough, what needs a little a babying. Don't be afraid to ask questions. You know, I answer questions every day on my website. I'm sure you answer questions every day about the weather. I do, yes. Uh, And don't be afraid to ask questions. There are no dumb questions in gardening. Seriously, there are not. And, you know, just like you, it feels good to help. People. It does. I Yeah, that's why we do what we do, right? Definitely. Hey, uh, let's get... Uh, I need to make an appearance on your show, 7 a.m. Sunday mornings. If, if you've got to be up, I should... Well, I'm always up that early, but uh, <laughs> we should we should talk here one of these mornings on that would be That would be great. I would love to have you on. I would love to pick your brain about this strange weather. Um, yeah. I mean, it's 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 weird, but it must be great for you because because people are so in tune with it now, right? And they want to know. And right when when you dangle a carrot in February of how warm it was. In fact, I joked the other week it was nice to go back to February here because March has been a little more substandard in terms of these uh, chilly temperatures and stuff. So it's worrisome. And I just before you let me go, yeah. I'm worried about it. I am too a little bit because I think this is the dynamic changing that we have to get used to in like where we are, different zones and different expectations. Are we ever going to be able to grow apples well again here where we are in Pennsylvania because of this? Because this isn't a one-off. I, I And I think that's what you're alluding to, right? That we're going to see this more and more where what we had is expectations about the normalcy of how to get out of winter through spring into our summer is flipped. It's different now. So that's that's what I think you're alluding to, right? worrisome change in the weather and for a gardener weather is weather is everything you know you talk about hydrangeas i haven't seen my magnolia bloom in three seasons now because those buds swell and then again you know boom we're hit with cold so but there's nothing we can do about it you know right we just have to make we just have to be smart gardeners and how to figure out how to get around this stuff now so well said that's what we do here doug thanks good to talk to you thank you Friends, if you'd like to learn more about Doug and what he does, he's got an amazing website. It's his name, DougOster.com, D-O-U-G-O-S-T-E-R, because according to Doug, like he says, everyone has a garden story, and he'd love to tell yours and ours. And you can check out his website for all kinds of information where you can find, listen to, read Doug and all his articles and all kinds of great information there. And we'll have a link to that on our notes page in our podcast webpage. Friends, we're going to switch gears now from gardening to baseball. 
as we talk to Tom Ackerman up next from KMOX Radio about spring training, the World Baseball Classic, and what's to look ahead to here. If your favorite team is one of the front runners in the Major League Playoff race coming ahead, we'll talk to Tom after this. This is Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Whether you're at home getting ready for work, packing the kids' lunch, or commuting, listen to AccuWeather Daily. Subscribe on your favorite podcast platform, and you'll get the top trending weather story of the day every day. Welcome back to Everything Under the Sun. As we roll on here, we shift our attention to America's national pastime. Since 1997, Tom Ackerman has been part of KMOX Radio, worked his way up to now sports director, host, play-by-play announcer, anchor of the morning show. He does it all. Tom is an amazing friend, and uh, we share a lot of sports conversation behind the scenes when we're not on the air together in the mornings on KMOX. And he's really a great source of information to talk about. Wanted to catch up with him about what baseball is going through right now with his amazing popularity with the World Baseball Classic, a look at spring training, how that's wrapping up, and who's on the lookout for your team to be one of the favorites to win their division and head to the playoffs and possibly a World Series championship. Tom Ackerman joins me on Everything Under the Sun from AccuWeather.com. Well, Tom, you've been spending the last couple of weeks down in Florida getting a bird's eye view of uh, all of the teams that are in the Grapefruit League, at least. And uh, certainly uh, your St. Louis Cardinals and and everybody else. First of all, let's go back to the last couple of weeks with this world baseball situation. Exceeding your expectations in terms of how popular it became, the importance it seemed to have for not only baseball fans, but even more general fans of sports that kind of glommed on to the excitement that we saw. Obviously, um, as we're recording this on on Wednesday, uh, the United States coming off that tough loss to Japan. But um, I thought uh, it really bodes well to me for baseball and the excitement going into the season, the excitement that we're coming in after the World Baseball Classic. I think it's great for the game. Now I think that baseball needs to figure out how to capitalize on it. They've already announced that they are going to have the WBC in 2026. Right. So three years from now, the last one, you know, because of COVID, they weren't able to do. So you go back to 2017. Japan winning for the first time since 2009 is a huge thing. They are just giddy about baseball over there and throughout the Pacific Rim and around the world. And the ratings were through the roof and you can't ignore that. So the game has to continue to grow. The NBA grew globally and it is now second in the country to the NFL. 
Major League Baseball is America's pastime and needs to find ways to get fans on board. If I were watching that game and that was my first baseball game last night, I would have been very happy with that. Yeah. By the way, they saw something that those of us who watched baseball for years and years have never seen, and that is Mike Trout in a big-time situation, our best player probably, facing the new best player, right. Tony, in a playoff situation. The Angels are never in the playoffs. The Angels right. play on the West Coast. We don't get to see him hardly ever. And there he is in front of this massive audience facing his teammate. And there's a chance that, you know, that you could blow the doors off of this thing. That was incredible. And, and Otani ends up winning that battle. That was absolutely outstanding and great for the game. I enjoyed being down there. I went down there and saw our man Yadier Molina managed Puerto Rico, got to chat with him a little bit and saw mm-hmm. how meaningful that was to him. Oh yeah. They love and it. The world I mean, baseball he... classic is so meaningful to so many people that it's a reminder also, Dean, that major league baseball is just part of baseball. Baseball is bigger than MLB. Baseball is all over the world and the recognition from those players and how happy they were to be part of it was really special. And maybe that's the key to the growth of baseball is to stop us as Americans being so provincial about the sport and understanding that, uh, like you just said, baseball's bigger than the MLB. And now we've got to embrace that and figure out ways um, that that we can capitalize on that. Uh, Because, yes, I, I think every sport, you know, regionally has um, favorites, regional, certain regions have different favorites in sports and things. But, you know, every sport has a popularity for its purpose. And I think one of the purposes of baseball, and, and you will agree with this, is to kind of be that kind of sport sometimes to fill a time when you don't necessarily you're not riveted to it, but it's kind of in the background and it, and it's there and it's part of you. And then that kind of space is fills up your whole spring, your summer and into your fall. So that's the kind of the relationship I think a lot of us have with baseball. But now we have to maybe take it to the next level and look at those individual matchups and things, competitiveness. How do we make it exciting for everybody going forward and even yeah, more I exciting? Needs, yeah? I think it needs to be for everybody. So I think you need to have, if you want to grow the game, you need to have a game that is attractive and they're trying to move it along with pitch clock and and things like that to keep the game moving a little bit quicker so that it's not a long drawn out process for those who would like something a little bit quicker. Um, You need to have the competitive edge to it. Like, I don't know if you can sustain what they, what we showed yesterday. I don't think you can do that in a 162 game season. You have to have part of the game is just is what it is there. The stakes aren't that high every single day, as you said. So the part of the attraction of the game is just what you said, that you don't have to be riveted to it every second. You can go get a hot dog and then come back and inning later. You can go, you, you can leave early. You can mm. show up late. You can go run some errands and come back and catch the rest of the game. You can, you can and, watch the game with your kids or listen and, to it. And, and yeah, if you're, if, you're, if you're living your life, you can do other things while that game is going on. It's not the, the you know, football requires more riveted attention, soccer even uh, as well. Uh, talking about popular sports across the world. Basketball is really intense for those two hours. And then, um, but, but you really, in those situations, have to pay a bit more attention. I think the other thing that was important that you said is, um, 
maybe we we look at some of the things that NASCAR has done. You know, they have long races, 500 mile races. And one of the things they did was try to break it up more. So maybe instead of, you know, I, I don't, I'm not saying cut down the, the length of the season. 162 is where we're at. But maybe do some things where you reward first half winners of the season, right? In, in divisions and stuff. And, and maybe try to put that into the playoffs to 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 get the longer more sustained interest in in the season versus where it's hot and heavy at the beginning maybe wanes a little bit and then as we get towards the postseason everybody's all excited about baseball again thoughts could be i think uh, one of the things they've tried to do is these rules changes which uh we'll see how that works throughout the year and i think there's a chance that you know you see this little by little each year they do something a little bit more to change the game for the better, try try to bring in more casual sports fan while also retaining their core fan. And I think that so far in spring training, I've really enjoyed it. And I've been around um and like a lot of people enjoying baseball my whole life. I've I've really enjoyed a two and a half hour game, a two twenty game, a two ten game. The games move at a nice pace and it's been Really great. I, so you you, you, you have seen a difference. The players either. Oh, yeah. You have seen a difference in all this. Yeah, yeah good. Yeah, all right. Yeah. Well, that's good. People because... definitely will. Now, last night, you know, that game did not have a pitch clock. And in the buildup of drama with Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, they can stand there and <laughs> exhale and breathe and stare each other down for as long as basically they want till the umpire tells them, let's go. Now, with this pitch clock that they have here, they have 15 seconds to do that. And when the bases are empty, it's 15 seconds to get the pitch away. Wow. It, you have to be in the box ready to hit at 08. So actually it was, it would be seven seconds for trout or it's a strike. So that's going to be a major difference. There will be a pitch clock violation unless they change it, which they can tweak this rule if they want uh, before the season starts there could be a pitch clock violation that decides a world series game or a, a disengagement rule. The pitcher is only allowed to disengage, step off the mound two times. So if you do it a third time, it's a violation that could end up deciding a game. Wow. It could very well do that. Incredible. I mean, and that's something that's totally foreign to baseball. Unlike other sports where uh, those kinds of things can gotten into more in play. Um, you know, always run out of time talking to you, but we're uh, talking with Tom Ackerman, sports director at KMOX Radio, and he's in Florida right now helping with the spring training broadcasts of the St. Louis Cardinals on KMOX. Let's start in the National League uh, with some thoughts and picks and start in the division that you know best. It looks like to me, the Cardinals, the Brewers are probably the two teams that stand out in the Central, Um, maybe Chicago a little bit, but then Pittsburgh, Cincinnati, probably the also-rans in the division. Agree? Yeah, I think that the division is basically Cardinals, Brewers, with the Cubs interesting to me. I think they've added some good pieces and they're always kind of, you know, they'll have some enthusiasm and they'll be kind of a pain uh, (laughs) in the Cardinals side. And then the the Reds and Pirates kind of bring it up the rear. It's really a shame the Pirates have a great, great ballpark. 
I always wish they could fill the place. I, I yeah. get back to those days. Like I just wish they could do a better job in their in their minor leagues and, and then be able to keep it better. So yeah, I, I know. And a lot of it is market in terms of the amount of money that market brings in. It doesn't bring in the kind of TV and radio money that even St. Louis does because of the success of the Cardinals and the and the buildup. What are you guys on? 137 stations across uh, the country? 147 stations for the Cardinals broadcast. They have some major league baseball. So yeah, it does really well there. So I, you know, it's it's a top-heavy division with the Cardinals and the Brewers. I think the challengers there with the Cardinals as the favorite. And then the difference, though, is that there's a more balanced schedule this year. So you now play teams from all over rather than feasting on your division. Still, I think that the Pirates and Reds will have enough losses to separate them from the Cubs in the middle and the Cardinals and Brewers at the top. I think that's how it will go down. The The rest of the National League is much different. I mean, the NL East, I can see three teams there fighting for the top with the Braves Phillies, and Phillies. the World Series last year, the Braves who are always right there, and then the New York Mets who have thrown money around like nobody's business, <laughs> yeah. and they're dealing with some issues. They've got some problems injury-wise. Very good team, don't get me wrong, but – They've got some injuries that they have to worry about. And then in the NL West. Two teams, maybe the Dodgers, Padres seem to be. Dodgers, Padres with the Giants, not not quite there, but always, you know, somewhat lurking in that, you know, you've got the Diamondbacks and the Rockies. But, you know, between the Dodgers, the Padres, the Cardinals, the Braves, Phillies, and Mets, um, that's a – pretty good group yeah. right there with the Cardinals not as good as some of those top teams in the area of payroll they just don't have that kind of juice but they are very talented I don't, I don't think they have as good playoff rotations as some of those teams do but they are extremely talented and I think it's going to be a fascinating year well this is what's fascinating about baseball that you can have clubs organizations that do a lot with not as much money and the cardinals have been consistently one of those programs over the years uh let's jump over quickly to the american league um still weird for me to say but the guardians are they the top uh team in the in the al central i would say so i th- i think they are it it should be you know, a pretty competitive league as well. Those guys with the Twins and maybe the White Sox in the, yeah, twins, the top Sox. three. So the AL yeah. East will be loaded. Um, the AL West should be fun. You know, there's always, you know, who's going to, it's the Astros and then everybody else, who's going to knock them off. The world right. change should be really good, but I'd be interested to see how that happens over there. And we mentioned, we were talking earlier about Trout and Otani. Like, when do the Angels actually do this? When do they, mm. when do they put together the team that they've always fantasized about. And I don't know when that will be, but the National League is as loaded as I've ever seen. It, I, I don't know that the American League has the horses that the National League has, even though the National League, you know, in the East, you've got the Marlins and, and Nationals who we see a lot of here, don't seem that competitive to me. And we talked to Pirates, Reds, and then the bottom of the NL West, but the top of those NL divisions, I think, are much heavier than the, than the American league, but then this could be the year that the American league turns it. Like it's such a long season. It is. 
that you just don't know. You just don't know. I mean, it, it, it'll be fun. You know, I always, every single year, I think this will be the year that the Yankees finally get the job done. And when you really go back and think about it, the it's Yankees too long. have not been in the World Series, let right. alone win it since 2009. Wow. That's a long time for wow. New York. That is a long time. It is. It definitely is. Uh, we're hurling towards the start of the season. Uh, your Cardinals uh, start at home uh, a week from Thursday on the 30th. Um, ready for kegs and eggs in the morning. And then uh, it's actually a mid to late afternoon start there, right? About three o'clock. Uh, right now, if I'm doing the forecast, it's a mainly cloudy chance of a shower, low 60s, which isn't too bad for opening day of the ballpark. That's we'll, outstanding. Yeah, we'll, we'll, see it. It. We'll, we'll see if that holds. It's a little early to be making that call yet. But I mean, that's one of the fun and charms of baseball is the potential problems with early season baseball, especially north of I-70 uh, with some... Uh, possibilities of rain and some wet snow, some scenarios here in the beginning of the month of April. And we could see that again. So it's just... I don't know what any of that is. Down here. <laughs> you don't because he's in Florida. Yeah. Been, Tom... down here for, been down here for a couple of weeks. It'll be end up being about three weeks down here for me. I really enjoy being here. Well, this, uh, this you're, really like, is... you're in this little fantasy land. Like when it, when it's like 60 and cloudy, people start. <laughs> oh, right. They put a park on, right. You know, but because I... you get so used to it. I think for you, uh, because Tom will be part of the pre and post game programming on the St. Louis Cardinals all season long. It, it's really important to set that early tone of getting to know the organization that year, or the, the the team that year and the players and stuff. Spring training has got to be a great way for you to do that, Tom. Uh, it's a, a wonderful way to do it. And we actually haven't had a full spring training down here in quite a while. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Since well, the pandemic 19 yeah. was the last one, 2020, we were here and then they cut it short and it was it was very strange. That was beginning of COVID. 21, uh, we were restricted. Our company was to travel on business. So I didn't even come here in 21, which is the first time mm. in 20 years that I hadn't. I had been coming here since 2001. 2022 was the MLB lockout. So I was here for about nine or 10 days, and it wasn't even supposed to be that long. Um, but I stayed a little bit longer with Yadier Molina and Albert Pujols eventually showing up. And then um, this year, you know, I was able to do the three weeks, be down here with the club and gosh, getting to know the guys and chatting with them and and seeing them playing up close for this extended period. It really gives you an appreciation for the work that they put in, but also their skill set. And the biggest story down here for us is the next big name that you're going to hear in baseball is Jordan Walker. Jordan Walker is the real deal. He is the best prospect. Not only is he the Cardinals' best prospect, he's probably been their best player down here. He is a terrific baseball player, big outfielder, uh, big long strides, hits the ball a mile. He's got um, this transformation he's made from third base to outfield has been very impressive. I'd be stunned if he wasn't on the opening day roster and starting in left field for them. And that's exciting. And, you know, it's just another story that Cardinals fans are are excited and waiting to see their big prospects. So we'll see how that all comes about. We'll check in with Tom throughout the season on baseball stories and weather stories, how they intersect. Uh, exciting time for Tom and all of us getting ready for baseball 2023. Tom, thanks for being with us here on Everything Under the Sun. Dean, I appreciate it. Good to see you, buddy. You can check out Tom and his colleagues at KMOX online, odyssey.com, A-U-D-A-C-Y.com slash KMOX. 
can listen to us talking and having some fun and total information mornings on KMOX in St. Louis, TIAM. You can stream live on that website and get all the latest Cardinals and other stories that you might want from Tom Ackerman and all the great folks at KMOX. Thanks to Tom for joining us and also thanks to our first guest, Doug Oster from KDKA and his gardening show. And we talked about gardening as we get ready to really ramp up now into the busy season. I'm ready to go, but as I learn from Doug, don't want to get out there a little bit too early here in the next couple of weeks. Friends, how to do it for this episode coming ahead, how the weather meets your life in terms of weather and prices, whether it's uh, for the goods that you buy, food and the clothes that you wear. How about travel coming up and weather and how that could impact it? We certainly know the prices are up for all of those things. And so where the weather add to that or subtract to that. And then obviously gardening, sports, astronomy, all the things where the weather meets your life are things we're going to talk about. If you've got questions or comments, accuweather.podcast at accuweather.com is our email address. For our executive producers, Ken Prell and Andrew Robin, our hundreds of team members working hard every day to weatherproof your life. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week for episode 11. This is Everything Under the Sun from accuweather.com. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Be sure to subscribe to, rate, and review Everything Under the Sun on Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And of course, if you have an idea for a future podcast, just email us at accuweather.podcast at accuweather.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.